You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 127 of the Well Women podcast. Welcome back. We have just come back from a mini podcast break and I'm excited to release this new episode with you. I'm feeling very refreshed and restored. And if you've been not up to date with everything that's been happening, you can head over to Instagram and find me at wellsome underscore Gemily for an update. But today we have the amazing Julie Parker joining us for this episode. And it's all about ancient women's wisdom of the menstrual cycle. I absolutely loved talking to Julie. I also was recently featured on her own podcast episode, but I really loved chatting with her about what a priestess is and what it means to be a priestess in this beautiful world that we live in and the dance between the matriarchy and the patriarchy. Now, the reason why I got Julie onto the show to talk about this is that she is the founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains and supports heart-centered people to become life coaches. The editor-in-chief of the Inspired Coach magazine, a published author and an in-demand speaker, Julie has inspired thousands of people on stages all over the world and is the recent recipient of numerous leadership and women's business awards. Julie is also the co-founder of the Priestess Temple School and the host of the top-ranking podcast, Priestess Podcast. Now, if you'd like to find that episode, you'll find a link to that in this episode's show notes. And she is a modern day priestess and she focuses all on her Celtic, Balkan, Libyan and Greek lineage. Julie is committed to contributing to a world where qualities of intuition, presence, social justice and service are honored. She lives in Melbourne with her husband, stepdaughter and two much loved adopted cats. Now, I hope you really love this episode because this is something that I am re- I hold really closely to my heart when we talk about ancient women's wisdom. After studying ancestral health a number of years ago now, I've been so fascinated by this aspect of the menstrual cycle. So in this episode, we talk about bleeding rituals. We talk about the ancient way of living as a woman. We talk about what is a priestess. We also dive into the ancient women's wisdom of sisterhood, female archetypes, and tips to reconnecting with your ancient wisdom self. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Julie, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Gemma. I'm really excited to be here. I am blessed to have you join us today to talk about all things ancient spiritual wisdom for women. Before we jump into it, though, Julie, tell us what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you checking in in this moment? Well, I'm checking in feeling radiant and well. So that's a really nice feeling to have uh, as we begin our chat today. But your question about what day I am on on my cycle seems like a really straightforward one, but is in fact a little bit complex for me right now because I have just recently in the last few months of my life begun to enter the stage of perimenopause. And this is something that I feel in my body and I'm quite certain having known my mother's and grandmother's experience with is going to go on for a long time. I'm not going to enter into full menopause anytime soon within the next few years. I think I'm going to be in perimenopause for a long time. And therefore, I am no longer having what could be considered a traditional cycle anymore or even an irregular cycle. I think it feels more accurate to say that I am just having random bleeds and then weeks and weeks at a time, sometimes even as long as six to eight weeks where I might not bleed at all. And Mm -hmm. then I may do so for two days and then I might go for a week and it might come back and I'm like, oh, hello, you're here. It's all feeling very random and not terribly cyclical at the moment. And so my uh, menstruation at the moment is entering into what I feel like is a grand stage of new adventure and it doesn't feel cyclical anymore. So (laughs) the answer to your question is I've got no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a hexagonal cycle that I'm going through right now? Because I don't know what's going on here. Mm. I love that you mentioned this and it's funny because today uh, on the, the day of recording this, the episode around menopause came out on my podcast. And this episode, I wanted to open up the conversation for menstruators of all age to learn about menopause because it's such an important transition that you can actually prepare for decades before menopause begins. And so that is what I feel in living a cyclical life. It allows you to be more in tune with your body. And then as you enter menopause, you're more in just in tune with your body daily as opposed to attached to a certain outcome. Or, or objective. Absolutely. I mean, mm. that is so very true. And it really is quite shocking in a way. But then again, not so much when you consider the still quite and very, in fact, patriarchal world that we live in, where uh, menstrual shame is still quite prominent in many, many different ways, even in the Western world, uh, that we really don't know a great deal about perimenopause. I mean, we don't know as much as we should about menopause, but even less about perimenopause. Like Mm. I think if you were to ask a lot of women, even as little as five to six years ago, what perimenopause was, they would have said, I don't even know what that is, you know. And, of course, it is that entire phase before menopause. And for some women, it can go on for as long as 10 years. And it does signify very significant shifts in your cycle, in your hormones and in your body. And if you're not paying attention to that, then 
it can feel really discombobulating. But if you're educated and aware about it, you go, okay, I'm undergoing shifts and changes here. This is normal. And I need to devote more time to understanding what this is for me. Mm, You are spot on. I couldn't have said it any better. And I love your approach to this new phase of your menstrual cycle. And I feel like right now I'm talking a lot about cycle transitions everywhere in my work. And this is just one of many transitions in the menstrual cycle. And it's just as important to know about. But Julie, share with our listeners, who are you? Mm -hmm. What is it that you do? And how did you get to do this? Well, my goodness, that is, that's a, they're big questions because. Should we be here for the next four hours or not? <laughs> well, I'm going to try and not punish your listeners or you like that, Gemma. Let's, let's Do not, not go even there. mention that. <laughs> but, you know, okay, how do we sort of sum this up? Well, when I first went to university, I trained to be a social worker because I come from a lineage of women who are absolutely passionate about serving other people. And that was such a deep influence in my life. And so I first studied to be a social worker and a mental health clinician. And I did that work with young people, particularly young women and families for a very long time. And I absolutely loved it until I got to the point where I became quite burnt out with it. And that's when I found coaching. Now, this is almost coming up to being 19 years ago now. So I have been around in the coaching world a really long time. You know, sometimes I think people think that it's, uh, you know, it might feel as though, Uh, they've just been around for a couple of years and there's nobody that's been around for a long time. But there are some of us out there that have been floating around for a couple of decades now. And when I found coaching, I absolutely loved it. And I was blessed to build, the industry looks very different now to what it did back then. Mm, But I I was very, very different. And that's a good thing. There's some not so good things about it too, but definitely some positive things, more positive than negative. I was blessed to build a very successful business one-on-one and eventually what began to happen is that I started to attract a lot of coaches into my business, wanting me to business coach them because I had beautiful clients, my business was really growing and expanding and the short version of that sector of my life, which is about seven years ago now, is that I decided after much of my own coaching and contemplation to take a big leap of faith and risk in my life and start a coach training academy. Uh, It was a very bold thing to do back then uh, and I had no idea what was going to happen with it, but that was the birth of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. And since that period of time, uh, I've been very blessed that it's expanded and just become such a rich, deep part of my life. And by the end of this year, we'll have trained nearly 2,000 coaches from all over the world, <laughs> which is just wonderful. And I feel so proud of, and the people are simply amazing. And Gemma, woven into that, it's around. It's not a coincidence that around about the time of the birth of the Coaching Academy, I underwent what I suppose could be called a, a traditionally in some terms, a very significant spiritual awakening. And that opened up a path in my life um, to being a priestess. And that's something that I'm very committed to. 
walking for the rest of my life and I have a podcast that's now devoted to the world of the priestess and the goddess and women's spirituality and I've written a book about that and it's all very much woven into my coaching and work and so it can feel like two very different hats and in some ways it is but it's also at a personal level for me very interwoven with everything to do with sacred leadership uh, service to the world and in particular uplifting other women identifying folk because we need us to rise and mm-hmm. um, in all areas of life and I'm so excited to be a part of encouraging people to do that oh I just I have chills like buzzing through my body thinking about this it's I've you know, I'm only 35 and I feel like I've been through many spiritual awakening journeys. And I just want to start by saying, I love your journey in becoming a coach. And, you know, I became a coach in 2013, which feels like a long time ago. Mm. You know, I've been coaching for a long time. And back then it was very, very different to what it is today. So I can imagine what it would have been like before <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, oh, when I was Well, you wouldn't have existed back when I started, let me Mm -hmm. tell you, because there were actually very, very few female coaches and a coach that specialised in menstrual awareness and education. It's like, what? No. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you didn't exist, my love, back in those stages. Thank goodness you do now. Mm, Thank you. And I just want to also say, um, thank you for inspiring me. This is going to, you probably don't even know anything about this, but it feels really um, coincidental timing that we're recording this because I'm about to launch the, mens- the, the first menstrual cycle coaching certification in teaching Ooh. women how to become coaches around the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of watching your journey with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy and it's always because I know so many different women who have studied there and I am just so inspired that people can produce an academy And then teach other people (laughs) how to be great coaches so that they can help the many and they can serve more people. And that's truly helped inspire me. So I want to say thank you for that. Oh, well, that's Um, lovely. I wish you all the very best with that. mm, It sounds amazing. Fingers crossed. Um, Because it's like you just never know what will happen, right? (laughs) Um, Now, you mentioned about being becoming and being a priestess. What Mm. is that? Tell us, what is being a priestess? Well, if you were to ask this question of many different priestesses throughout the world, you would probably get a different answer. There is no one agreed upon definition of what a priestess is, but they would likely have some golden threads that would tie them together in some way or another. To me, however, a a priestess is a sacred leader. She is someone that is spiritually devoted to herself and her own growth and in particular is in service to other women and helping them see their own divine and spiritual power. So let's just get something out on the table here, Gemma. In ancient times, the work that you do today absolutely would have carried the mantle of priestess. And there is nothing to say that you could not identify in that way today. 
because the work that you do is helping women recognize their divine and inherent natural beauty and cycles and wisdom from within. And I always love answering this question when I'm interviewed because I get emails and messages on particularly Instagram from people that say, I was listening to your interview with whomever I might have been chatting with and realized that as you were talking about what a priestess is, that I am one. And I didn't (laughs) even know, I didn't even realize. And this is an awakening that is happening for many women. And it doesn't matter whether someone identifies with it or not, they may not. And the world of the priestess is not new. Um, It's not a made up title that someone's just started to throw around in recent times because it kind of sounds nice or whatever it sounds like. It's a very ancient way of being. But that's essentially what a priestess is, a sacred spiritual leader and one that in particular is in service to the uplifting of other women. So beautiful. Thank you for mentioning mm. that. You're welcome. I um, <laughs> Being a girl who grew up as a tomboy and didn't wear skirts <laughs> till her mum made her wear one at the private school, she went to high school in and, and had to ride a bike to school on the first day. I um, definitely would never have thought I would be a priestess. Um, but thank you. Um, it's so interesting, the world that we live in, as opposed to the ancient world that once was, you know, after studying ancestral health a number of years ago now, it really opened my eyes to the way that our body is designed and how everything in nature is designed to support the body. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the ancient way of being. You just mentioned, you know, the, the way that we used to live versus the way that we live today is very different. What was the ancient way of being for a woman? Well, this would have very deeply depended upon whereabouts in the world she lived and what culture she was a part of. And also, just like at any point in time in the history of life, what her socioeconomic status was. Because life in ancient times, let's say, for example, in ancient Greece, for a woman who was very poor and struggling would have been very different to a woman who may have had some status mm-hmm. um, and might have, for example, been married to a, a Greek philosopher or a mathematician or somebody that was a general in the army. Mm-hmm. And so these things are all very relative around things like that and different cultures. But here's what we do know. Uh, which is quite different, even though it can sometimes feel like a kick to the heart and the guts, if I'm being really honest, when we think about ourselves today. What we do know is that in ancient times and cultures, pre-patriarchy and pre-Christian, the spread of the Christian religion throughout the world with the focus on one male God, is that women and men as a whole, were seen to be significantly more equal. Women were, in fact, revered and honoured in general for things such as their intuitive abilities, their nurturance, their connection to the earth, uh, to their bodies, to cyclical wisdom, 
they were honoured as the creators and givers of life through being able to birth children. And so their status in society pre these times was significantly greater than it was even today. And that just might feel mind-blowing for some people listening. Um, And in many ways, it still is to me. And the thing that I want to mention about it is that we can reclaim that and we must. If we want to live in the sort of world that I know most extraordinary women want to live in, one that is less hierarchical, where we care for each other in community much more, we, where we are focused on connection and family and service and giving and where, you know, oh gosh, don't get me on my soapbox, Gem. I could talk about no child being hungry, you know, there being enough homes for us all, taking care of Mother Earth, all of those things, that's going to require a shift in power mm-hmm. and leadership and that means more women in power and leadership. We had this once, we can have it again. A part of me is like, someone hold her back. She's going to go for it. (laughs) Hold me back, hold me back. Julie, that is so beautiful. And I love that you mentioned all of that because in the work that I do, I can see that women feel that they have this. They feel that they have this honour of being a creator and they have this inner connection they don't really know what it is or why it's there and they have this intuitive ability. But the patriarchy world, without me getting on my high horse, has definitely changed a lot of that for us and has led to to women being really disconnected with who they actually are. Mm. And therefore there definitely needs to be some kind of shift and change. And I think the more women who just, this is my, how should I say, my perspective (laughs) is that the more women who connect with their menstrual cycle and awaken that connection and that intuitive nature of even just your bleeding time, live in a cyclical way, that is creating a really big patriarchal, matriarchal shift alone. You know, and if you don't feel like you're the woman who could run your country, that's okay. But there's different things that you can do in your household um, and within your own day-to-day life that can make big shifts so thank you for like speaking to that I absolutely love it I'm just thinking to myself and I'll mention out loud I just want this interview to go for another five (laughs) hours like I mentioned (laughs) earlier we just tapped another hour on that Um, but Julie you mentioned about cyclical wisdom and I'd love for you to share about the feminine wisdom cyclically and what it was like for menstrual cycles or menstruators you know I don't want to say back in the day but we could be going back a hundred years ago a thousand years ago, 5,000 years ago, because mm-hmm. ancient wisdom stems back many different types of time frames. But what was cyclical wisdom for a woman or a priestess back, um, you know, times before? Yeah. Well, I think I'll make the distinction that we're talking about women here because, you know, of course, it's not just priestesses and sacred spiritual leaders that are had a menstrual cycle Uh, many women uh, did not all women of course we know Mm -hmm. um, but uh, many many women menstruators yeah exactly Mm -hmm. menstruators Um, 
And so that's an important distinction to make. And I think from the time frame, we're definitely talking more than 100 years ago. Uh, you know, it, we're definitely talking about times of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago and thousands of years ago. We're talking pre-patriarchy. And just pre on that, sorry mm. to cut you off, just to give a perspective to everybody listening. Mm. You know, I worked in food science manufacturing as a food science formulator for seven years before I became a coach. People don't even realize that supermarkets haven't been even been around <laughs> for a hundred years yet. Mm. Right? Let's just, just that's that we're talking about big changes in oh, a hundred yeah. years versus how many cyclical wisdom changes have happened in 200, 500, 1,000 years. Absolutely. So sorry to cut you off, but like, no, no, like. That's a lot. There's a lot changes. Like Facebook wasn't even around 20 years ago, right? So let's just hone <laughs> into the changes. So, yeah, continue. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There was no Instagram or mm -mm. TikTok or Snapchat mm -mm. when I started my business, you nope, know, even, no. less, even less than two decades ago. And so you are right, uh, Gemma, we're talking about uh, a way of life and being for women that is a very, very long time ago. But in saying that, that all of us living here now carry within us through our DNA and through our lineages in some way or another, right? You never, it never leaves you. It is part of you in your body in some way. And so the major difference and thing that we know about menstruators from ancient times and just menstruating is that it was not viewed the way that it is still in many ways today. Now, you are a part of a revolution over the last probably 10 years, I would say, as recently as the last 10 years, that has finally begun to chip away at menstrual shame and finally begun to bring this out into the open, talk about it, embrace it, and even learn to love it. I mean, gosh, I mean, that is just revolutionary. thought. That's exactly right. To a generation just above me, like my mother, who very much lived in, in the zone of you don't talk about your period and you never, ever let anybody see a tampon. God mm. forbid that one should fall out your bag or, you know, and someone see it or <gasps> anything like that. Out. You know, exactly. It's like all of that stuff, which is, of course, menstrual shame. Well, we know that the huge difference with ancient times of menstruation was the exact opposite to this. And that at the time of someone's bleeding, they were in fact considered to be their most powerful, their most intuitive, their most called upon for their spiritual wisdom and guidance and their most psychic as well. And because we didn't, they didn't have in those times the artificial light through electricity that we now do, it was incredibly common and in fact usual for menstruators to bleed with the cycle of the moon. And so this, the, the cycle, someone experiencing their cycle, um, you know, they were ovulating at the full, uh, bleeding um, often at the dark 
or new moon and that more introverted, introspective, quiet time. And so it was often that, and sometimes it was the opposite to that. It it can depend upon Northern Southern hemispheres. We're told it depends upon various different things, but basically when the moon was either at peak or depth was often when menstruators were bleeding and it they were absolutely considered to be their most powerful and most honoured and taken care of at that time. Women took care of one another. Um, they looked after one another at those times, seemed to be so deeply magical and amazing. And it's somewhat heartbreaking to think that, it shifted and changed so dramatically into a space where once, you know, the oppressive system of the patriarchy began to ripple throughout the world and communities changed and women's status in the world changed, that not only was that lost, but in fact the exact opposite began to take place and women at those times were seen to be dirty unclean, shouldn't be touched, shouldn't be spoken to, shouldn't be gone near, um, almost outcasts in a way. And that's not the case, thank goodness, for most cultures and certainly the Western culture around the world now, but we still have a long way to go. We really do have a long way to go. Um, I love what you mentioned about the darkness of the moon and that being the inward time, you know, having studied ancestral health, I know a lot about all these beautiful little elements and something that I learned. And I always, you know, women, I find on just to touch on the moon, get so attached to knowing when they're menstruating with the moon. I'm like, well, let's just forget about the moon. Yeah. We don't live in ancient times right now. It's more important for you to focus on reducing stress in your life having a clean diet, moving your body, do those things, and then you can focus on the moon. And I always say that, can you imagine if every single woman menstruated at the same time? And people laugh when I say that. They're like, oh, my God, no. Now, if I mention that to a male, now this isn't putting all men in the one category, but a lot of men would kind of be like, oh, that would be the worst you know, week of my life of every mm-hmm. month. But what I learned is that we have a white moon and a red moon. And so there are benefits to actually menstruating throughout different phases of the moon cycle, um, which is so beautiful. And I really love that you mentioned about how your bleeding time is your most powerful time. Cause I'm always harping on about your period is your superpower. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't really fully recognize it. And a question I'd love to ask you around that one ritual of like being intuitive and spending more time alone and going inward is what are some really good spiritual practices or ancient practices that women can do around their bleeding time in this modern world whilst they still are parents and they still have jobs and they still have to upkeep their homes? But what are some practices that they could maybe potentially embody that you haven't mentioned or you have mentioned? Yeah, look, I think the most powerful thing that a menstruator can give to themselves during their bleeding time is simply time to and for themselves. And of course, we know that this can be very challenging in a modern world, particularly if someone may be a parent and they've got a baby or little children that are needing their attention, or they could be an incredibly um, busy 
entrepreneur or career woman. But then again, these can also be excuses that we can give ourselves and we can dive in. They're very real and nobody for one moment is saying that, you know, these things are not uh, needing of our time and attention. They are, but we all know, I think, either for ourselves or for someone else, what happens when after a prolonged period of time, we don't give love, time and attention to ourselves. And so eventually there is an impact that this is going to have. And if ever there was a time in someone's cycle from a spiritual, spiritual, mental, emotional, psychological perspective that you could best honor yourself and give time to yourself, it would be when you were bleeding. Mm-hmm. And that can simply look like, Gemma, during that whether it be four days, five, seven days, however long you might be bleeding, committing to during that period of time, at least a couple of times, just retreating from life and the world with yourself, whether it be for 15 minutes, maybe, maybe 45, maybe an hour, and you have a long, luscious bath, or you curl up in a cosy chair with a book, or you try to just have an extra 45 in bed one morning, or you take yourself to bed a little bit earlier one night. If you can have a journal and a pen near you and quieten yourself with your own thoughts and do some writing around what your heart and your intuition is calling to you and saying to you at that time that you most need, that you most are being lovingly called to look at, to work upon, to challenge yourself gently with, that is the perfect time to do that because it is the time that from an ancient perspective, wisdom tells us that a woman's body is at its most powerfully intuitive. The messages that you will get for your own life and love and expansion and growth and learning at that time will be very different to what you get when you're high vibe and ovulating, (laughs) right? It's going to be very, very different. But if you can glean that wisdom from yourself at that intuitive, darker, restful bleeding time, the most amazing thing that you can then do with that is not swing into action with it then, but swing into action with it when you are ovulating Mm -hmm. and your energy is at its peak and you're much higher and much more um, usually focused and energized to be in action. And so you think about, say, a piece of wisdom that came to you in your bleeding time that might have said, hmm, you really need to set better boundaries with that friend or that client or that person. You don't necessarily do it right then, but then when you're ovulating and you're feeling more confident and outgoing and ready to move on it, that's the perfect time to strike. And if you can think about this in a cyclical perspective and you do something like this for yourself every month, life changing holy moly look out yeah spiritually 
-hmm. enriching and life-changing because you will start to develop an ongoing depth and wisdom for yourself that you glean at that time of the month that you then act upon, learn from, rest with, glean, act, learn, rest, way you go and suddenly your life changes for the most better and incredible way it really has for me and I know many other women too for me too 100% I everything that I've written or created has come from my menstrual time Mm. and I like especially because I launched a member group subscription membership style program called the well women academy and that's been around for nearly two years now and I just kept putting it off and putting it off. But then every single time I menstruated, this kept coming back to me. The same. And I was like, all right. I eventually got to, like, you know, that nagging friend is like, you should just do this. You should do it. And eventually you're just like, fine. If you shut up, I'll do it. That's for me, that was, I didn't want to teach on menstrual cycles. That's mm-hmm. not what I want. Like, that wasn't my path. And it just kept coming and it just kept coming. I was like, fine. If you freaking shut up, I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> here we are. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I could never do that, sometimes it's just even five minutes to yourself. Yes. You know, lock yourself in a room, say, this is mum's time, tell your partner you need just five minutes to yourself and just sit with yourself. And that can be very confronting for people who have never done this before, but it can be deeply intuitive and also a little bit scary because you don't know what's going to come up. And sometimes those things that come up, you might not want to act on. But what is that underlying, you know, when you are going through like a good question that always um, comes up for many people is like, oh, is this the relationship right for me in a romantic setting? And if you're getting this guidance and it continues for a few cycles in a row every bleed time, that's a good message to be like, okay, maybe I need to tune into that. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. That is a good message indeed. Mm -hmm. And we don't get those repeated messages coming to us over and over again for no reason. Exactly. Uh, This is in fact, one of our superpowers as female identifying folk is like, that is part of our GPS. Mm -hmm. You want to live a heart centered, intuitive, you know, incredible life. Then that is a voice and that you will just not ignore, you know, that's you. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> um, oh, so many questions buzzing around in my mind right now. So thank you for sharing. 
It is definitely your superpower. Tune into that if you've not yet experienced the tuning. Let's go back to ancestral times. And I'd love to hear what other ancient women's wisdom and spiritual wisdom that was present in that stage of, I guess, life that is not present today. And it doesn't have to specifically be around menstrual cycles, but things that truly supported women, these wisdoms, these traditions that we don't have today that we could maybe introduce today. Mm. Well, again, I think that this is something that's very dependent upon culture because, you know, different Indigenous cultures, for example, around the world had uh, certain practices uh, that are very particular to them. So we know in certain cultures, uh, and this one is connected to the menstrual cycle, that uh, the entire concept of the red tent which basically was just a private gathering space for women who were bleeding. And the idea behind it was that those women gathered to rest together, talk together, yarn together, weave stories, and often craft and make things together. Because once again, they were considered to be their most intuitive and and powerful at that time. Then there are other things, and this might seem like a, it it is a very broad and general thing to say, and I do think that we are living in a culture now where a lot more people are beginning to see and return to this, but ancient wisdom is very, very heavily influenced by uh, the earth and the natural world and plants, flowers, trees, cycles, all of those sorts of things. And so from that perspective, any time that we might genuinely explore the healing elements of nature, we are tapping into ancient wisdom. And sometimes I think we forget how deeply held we are by Mother Earth every single day and we take her for granted. You know, every single morning when we swing our feet out of bed and we put our feet on the floor, there she is holding us, not to mention the fact that she's held us up, you know, all throughout the night as we've, you know, as we've been sleeping. But sometimes the best thing that we can do for for ourselves is to connect in with ancient wisdom through nature. And so that means if you're struggling with a problem and you're overwhelmed by getting outside and going for a walk, whether that be near the beach or touching trees or even just down to your local park. Um, We know when we think about things like vitamin D that while we need to be careful about the sun and our skin and skin cancer and things like that, there's no better vitamin D that we can get than from the sun and and being outside and, and warming our bones. We all know about the healing properties of salt water and the ocean if we have a, a wound of some sort and that that, you know, might be at a great stage where we can heal that or even for our skin. You know, we know that, you know, the ocean and salt water and fresh water even that's not come through taps and had tainting and all of that sort of stuff can be incredibly healing for us in so many ways. And so that's also another part of it. And the other thing that's really calling me to mention as well, Gemma, is about 
the ancient wisdom of sisterhood. Because in ancient times, the level of comparison, competition, uh, and separateness that sometimes we can see and experience ourselves that exists between women was really not present in ancient times. Now, of course, we live in a very, very different world and time to when we did back then. And nobody can profess to know exactly what it was like. But pre-patriarchy, it's not that significantly hard, I guess, to think that if women were revered and honoured and valued for who they were as an individual, that that would naturally have meant that they would have seen those other things in women as well. And so sisterhood and community connection through everything from menstruating for the first time and making that or making that transition from maiden to mother or being a crone and elderly and being cared for your for by your community meant that sisterhood bonds were much much stronger but the onset of the patriarchy one of the things that came into play there was that women were deliberately forced to turn on each other they were deliberately separated. They were deliberately forced into competition with each other, deliberately made to feel suspicious of each other. And that then resulted in a lot of actions that even to this day we can see play out where women still feel as though we need to compete, compare, contrast, judge, um, label bitch about gossip various different things and so mm. if we really want to tap into something even for ourselves individually but also with our relationships with other women uh, today then we will look to ancient wisdom and community and connection to try to help us to repair that amen sister <laughs> <laughs> it's there is nothing greater than gathering women together. And just this past weekend, I run a well women retreat day where I gather women together of all different ages, anywhere from like literally 10 through to, you know, 50, 60 plus. doesn't matter where you are in your menstrual journey. Um, and we discuss all things menstrual and menstruation and ovulation and cyclical and feminine and masculine. And it continues to blow my mind how everyone enters the room and feels quite spaced out. No one, like, no one wants to get too close and we want to keep our own individual space and it's very timid in the way that we ask questions and we open up and share who we are. But then by the end of the day, let's fast forward for six hours, everyone's talking and gathering and they're like, the energy is so dynamically different and I see that in our larger community. And what you mentioned about girls going from being connected to being disconnected, you know, a lot of us feel imbalanced in our well-being as women and menstruators because we don't have a, a sisterhood and we don't feel super connected. So if you're listening to this and that feels like what it is for you, um, I created the Well Women Academy for that reason online, but gather with women in your in community, go to a new yoga class, go to a 
new sound bowl healing or to kiritan or go to an art and craft session or whatever it is and just meet new people and form your own little circle um yeah very powerful and beautiful and such a worthwhile thing to do and I would also encourage anyone listening Gemma as well is that if that feels like it's too big of a leap for you that's okay and to recognize and understand that that may mean and I've been there there's nothing wrong with this and many other people have too that you might have some work to do on you first before you can actually create those conscious connections with others. Mm. Because if you're entering into a room or a space with other women and you're already on heightened alert and you're already highly anxious or feeling like this isn't going to work for you or you're on guard significantly, I would encourage you to, to get some support for that for you first, which doesn't necessarily mean that you need therapy or a coach, but to have a look at what is that calling up for you. Perfect time might be to look at that when you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. What comes forth for you around that that you need to do? Do you need to forgive yourself around some certain things? Are this, is there some releasing that you need to do around past relationships, maybe being bullied in school, or it could be anything, but don't be afraid to tap in and do that work individually first if you need to. Otherwise, what might happen is you can find yourself repeating old stories and habits, and then before you even step into those spaces, you're already... Um, looking to repeat the cycle of disconnection with other women already. And that's Mm. a sign you need to disconnect it for yourself. So beautiful you mentioned that because often when you're going through and experiencing the signs that you're disconnected from others, it's often because you're disconnected with yourself. That is true. And we don't want to gaslight ourselves here and we don't want to say that this is all our fault and it's all me. It's not. It never is. Relationships are always about more than one person. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what happens is that this comes back to personal sovereignty and responsibility. And if you are someone and you are not alone, honey, if this is you, if you are listening, but if you are somebody that is noticing that you are having repeated problems with other women in your life, that is also a sign that you need to look at that for you. Mm. It's it's not just everyone else. It's also you too. And that's okay. That just makes you human. <laughs> oh, totally. And I think even speaking to that, Julie, like before when you are mentioning about the change and the shift from matriarchy to patriarchy and how women were once working together and now we were then forced and encouraged and led and misled and manipulated to work against each other. The visual that always comes to mind for me, and I don't know whether you've heard it like this before, is I always think of Wonder Wonder Woman, the movie. And I always think about how, and this is the most recent Wonder Woman that came out. Oh, there's another one now, but, you know, maybe like four years ago, this movie came out and it, watching it, it was like all the women, the women ran the world and they, everything just flourished and everything was great. And then all of a sudden the patriarchy turned up in their boats and then things changed and then they were turned against each other. And then, you know, everything just stopped flowing. And so 
I always like to remember that we once we're living in accordance to that. And if today you feel like you do have challenge connecting with women, we all have damage and trauma, whether you know it or not, around femininity and around embracing our feminine and Mm -hmm. being connected with the feminine. And I, every, sing, every single woman I've ever worked with over the last, God, however many years, eight, nine years, whatever, I can't count, but whatever those years are that I've been coaching, every single woman has had a challenge with the feminine in some aspect. And it just goes to show that there's so much ancestrally that we can learn from and connect with, and that can awaken us in this patriarchy world so that we can rebalance our own feminine and our own matriarchy within ourselves and then that creates greater matriarchy change absolutely and all of the above yep all of the above Gemma is so very true this is not anyone's individual fault this is not something that we should internalize blame and shame about Mm -hmm. we are all living under and with and in systems of oppression, whether it be patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, all of these things deeply impact us and some much more so than others in numerous ways every single day. And that sounds so dire and horrible. And sometimes when we begin to peel back the layers, it is. But at the same time, the more that we do that and the more that we become aware, the more empowered we become to go, hey, that is not okay. I am not okay with that. I want to change that. I want to challenge that. That is not a status quo that I am here for. I am not here for women still being paid less in the dollar than men. I am here for Black Lives Matter. I am here for reclaiming of menstrual wisdom and beauty. You know, once we start doing those things, we shift the entire world as we do. And so there's nothing individual about this. Yes, it all comes back to us only being in charge of ourselves and living an individual life, but we are all connected with this. Uh, undoubtedly in so many ways every single day and the more that we can recognize that and band together and say hey let's do this together let's reclaim together let's rise together let's challenge the status quo and these oppressive symptoms systems together the more that it actually has a chance to change Mm. amen sister i want to say aho um (laughs) Yeah, it's just you're spot on and it starts with yourself first. It's the same as when you're entering a loving relationship, you know, love yourself first and then you'll be able to amp. And I, it's funny, my partner, you know, often in relationships, like, oh, you make me so happy. And I always say to him, you amplify my happiness because I already am happy without you. I don't need you. You know, women, we don't need men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All we need is their seed. We don't need anything else. Um, so yeah, working on yourself first is so beautiful. We are nearly out of time, but there is a couple of questions I still definitely want to ask you. You mentioned earlier, Julie, about a couple of archetypes and you kind of just brush through these really quickly. And I know that a lot of women listening are going, oh, what's that? 
crone thing and what's that maiden thing so can you guide us through what the archetypes are and what they mean and where they sit for us in our transition as women and menstruators please Yes, well, in ancient times, there was essentially the four archetypes or really cycles of life for a a woman was considered to be maiden, mother, crone. And so when you were a maiden, uh, you were a girl or a teenager up until the point in time where you may have given physical birth to a child. And then once you gave physical birth to a child, you were considered to be in the mother stage of your life. Now, in ancient times, you might have been as young as 16, 17, 18 years old when that took place, okay? And then in the mother stage of your life was everything up until when you uh, entered menopause, And once you entered menopause, you were considered to be in the crone stage of your life. Now, in ancient times, this would be very different to what it is considered to be age-wise now because people only lived until about middle-aged. Like if you lived until you were 45-ish, that was 45, 50, that was around about that. If you lived much older than that, well, you were doing very, very well. Now, the cycles that we have now are different. Um, Those archetypes and stages are different because, first of all, we're living much, much longer. We're having children at much later stages of life. And so there's now considered to be four stages rather than three. So the maiden stage still relatively remains uh, the same, Uh, but it can exist well and truly into um, your 20s. And, you know, usually you you would be a maiden uh, if you hadn't had a child up until maybe you were about 25, uh, 25 or so, okay? Even up to 30, you could be considered around then. Then once you enter into, and of course, within that period of time, um, you know, you be, most women begin, most young women at some stage begin to menstruate whenever that age might be in that maiden phase. Now, the second phase of mother does not necessarily in this modern world have to be attached to giving birth physically to a child right? This is very a very important distinction. But you move into the mother phase of your life, I would say from about 28 plus um, up until probably about 45 about, or even 48, about 28 to 48. And usually for many women in that age, I shouldn't say usually, for some women in that stage, they become a physical mother. They give birth to a child. However, being in the mother phase of your life does not require you to give birth to a child, but you may be giving and are likely giving birth to a career at that stage, a business, enormous, creative, extraordinary projects, and you're giving birth to yourself as a woman. That is when at that time in life where you've left behind your girliness, 
that's gone now. You are a fully fledged woman. You are maturing, right, and matured. Uh, So many things I think we know if you're someone in your late 30s, you know a lot more wisdom-based things than you did than when you were 20. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that is the mother phase of life. Mothering is not just about being a mother to a child. It is about being a mother to yourself. It is about um, being a mother and birthing and a creatrix. Then we have this new phase of life, which is known as the marker phase, and that is the phase that I am in as a 49-year-old woman um, right now. It is this incredibly powerful stage of new life that exists now for women between the ages of about 45 and 65. And it is the period of time that is connected from a cyclical perspective to autumn. You are beginning to slow down or or wane a little bit. It's perimenopause time. This Mm -hmm. is when you shift into a perimenopause phase. But this is also a time in a woman's life where she is incredibly powerful. This is when you are most wise. You are often in leadership positions in your life um, and you move into a phase of being incredibly sovereign. And this is often where we see women who in this age range who are prime ministers and politicians and leaders of big corporate boards and banks and organisations, like they're power women in this MAGA phase, right? You, you're a power woman, right, in that stage. And then finally, from about 65 plus, that is when we have our crone time up until the end of life. Now, for some women, 65 for crone might be too early, and I get that. But essentially, it is that phase in life where, you have slowed down entirely. You are definitely in menopause. Uh, you are no longer as active in society as you once might have been. You are probably not working, um, but your wisdom is being called upon and used in varying different ways. It's the time for you to sit on the throne and everyone comes to Nana. Nobody goes, Nana doesn't need to go out or do anything. Everyone comes to Nana. It's like you are slowed down and, and that's what you do in that older phase of your life. And so that is a very quick recap. I can go, you know, there's so much more about those four stages and they are very connected to age to uh, the phase of life of what you might be doing as a mother or in your career or business. They're also connected to various different health things, Uh, but they've certainly shifted age-wise from ancient times and the motherhood aspect has shifted as well. But very powerful and they're all aligned with the seasons. You know, maiden is spring, mother is summer, maga is autumn, crone, of course, winter. You know, it's they're all the thing that I love about this cyclical and ancient wisdom is that it's all so deeply connected to the cycles and seasons of Mother Earth. It it always continues to blow my mind at how connected everything is. And I've been doing this for a long time and I'm still (laughs) like so always blown away that it's just a humbling reminder that and one of the I guess not quotes, but sayings I always share is that nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. And we are not just 
on nature, we are of nature. And so using the seasons, even the outer seasons in reflection of the inner seasons is powerful. And then when you use the inner seasons, it's like, like the whole world just changes. Um, so thank you for taking the time to not just give a brief overview. I felt like that was quite in depth for a lot of Good. people. Um, Julie, this has been absolutely amazing. Now let's kind of sum it up with it. You've, you've shared so many beautiful things to sum up. If a listener is like tuning into this and they're like, okay, look, Julie, this sounds fantastic, but how do I do that? How do I live in an ancient way today? What are maybe the top three or five ways that you would recommend a woman to connect with her own ancient wisdom um, simply at any stage of her cycle? Mm. Well, first of all, uh, start tracking your cycle. And I'm sure that you've mentioned this in many different times. You can't really connect in with the wisdom of your body as a menstruator if you're not actually paying attention to your menstruation cycle and what is happening for you in that realm. Then I would encourage you to educate uh, yourself um, with books, exploration, blogs, websites, social media accounts, whatever it may be, around the connection between your menstrual cycle and both your inner seasons maiden mother margaret crone and the outer seasons of mother nature summer spring autumn winter and how that all connects because once you start to do that you'll experience a greater level of alignment um, and tapping into that ancient wisdom that can only come from mother nature and your ancestors and the women and grandmothers times 50 removed from you once did the next thing I would encourage you to do is explore your cultural lineage. I like this one. Right. Start to tap into your ancestry. Who are your people? Do you come from a predominantly Anglo-Saxon Celtic, Celtic heritage? Do you have Indigenous heritage? Do you know that your people come from a particular country? Start exploring ancient life for women from those cultures and spirituality and health practices from those cultures. And you will, as you do that, find yourself tapping into internal DNA and wisdom that has been a part of your life and is a part of your life right now from very, very long time ago that you absolutely, if you choose to, can resurrect today and what you will find there only you will know and it will be different for everybody around these things but it's out there it's absolutely out there and the more you can tap into that for yourself the more you will find beautiful practices which may be everything from you know particular spiritual traditions to maybe herbal teas um even cooking and recipes and things like that that you can begin to incorporate in your life that allow you to feel more aligned with your body and the wisdom of both your own body and that of your culture and ancestors and so they're my big three to encourage everybody to lean into you do not need to add any more to that because they are just so <laughs> powerful on their own the three because it just it just reminds me of 
a few experiences that I think every person's had an experience like this before where you've visited a place you've never been to before, yet you feel so at home. Mm-hmm. And you can't explain that. You don't need to explain that. That's the natural inner knowing. And so like if you've been to a beach or you've been to a park or a national park or a, um, a lookout or you know, anywhere, even overseas, and you're like, God, I just feel so at home here. There's something about this place. That is the inner intuitive knowledge that you're kind of talking about. That that same sense that you feel in that experience is what to listen to. Yeah. You know, a lot of women who have never felt intuitive nature before are like, what does this mean? And so thank you for sharing that. Julie, this has been amazing. I just want to keep chatting, but we're totally (laughs) out of time and over time. Um, How can all, I do have a final podcast question, but before we jump into that, is there anything else you want to share? And how can all of our listeners find you and learn more about who you are, the beautiful you, Coaching Academy, share with us? Mm, Thank you. Um, You can find me at beautifulyoucoachingacademy.com and also for my more priestess-orientated work, juliesuzanneparker.com. Amazing. I will have all of those links in our show notes, including the links to your Instagram, your website, your own podcast. If you want to dive into learning more about priestessness, um, all of that will be um, on the show notes to this episode. Now, Julie, final podcast question. I ask all of our guests this, and I'm so excited to hear your <laughs> response. Um, I want you to think back, Julie, to your younger menstruating self. So I want you to think back to when you got your first period around that menarche transitional maiden time for you. What are three things you wish you had have known or been taught at that moment in your life that you now know today? Mm. That it's nothing to be afraid of. That it could be the most wonderful thing to talk about with your girlfriends if only you'd go there and open up about it. And one day learning more about this will change your life for the better. And so don't hold back in trying to tap into it further as soon as you can. Mm, Thank you. I wish I knew all those things too. Julie, this has been such a pleasure and such an honour to have you on the show and to open up about all of this beautiful wisdom that you've shared. Thank you for being a transporter of wisdom and shining your light and, um, you know, making a big change in our patriarchal, matriarchal world and the rise of the feminine. So thank you so much. Such a pleasure, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, Body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.